Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Jason Wright Show. Today, I want to talk about the single most important thing to measure with regard to longevity, health span, lifespan, whatever you want to call it. If you are going to focus on how to live healthier longer, you cannot do so without focusing on this measurement that a lot of people to this day have still not heard of. And I learned this because so my uh, my stepmom had a stroke a while back. I guess it was going on four years ago. And so she started really focusing more on exercising and through her rehabilitation and different things she was going through. She had never worked with a trainer before. It just wasn't something she enjoyed doing. She she did not like exercise. But of course, whenever you suffer a traumatic brain in injury like she had, you just you you lose a lot of your your muscular strength and your uh, your 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 gross motor skills. So she just was kind of forced into the position of having to work on some some physical therapy and do some things that she had never done before. And it happened at the time whenever she was starting to get older. She'd always been incredibly active and doing a lot of things. She might have both very active people into their seventies. But now she was at an age where she had been forced to slow down. And so all these things kind of cascaded into a real traumatic health situation. And I don't remember how it came about, but there was some time when she asked me about VO2 max. What is it? I don't know if it was something I had written or if I had told her my dad. And she was kind of like just basically completely ignorant to VO2 max, which really surprised me. And so I want to say something about this. And this is not a knock on primary care physicians or just healthcare professionals in general. I'm not knocking them. They're brilliant. They do wonderful work and they can only do so much. But there are so many things that what I'm finding, the more I dig into integrative health, especially with my partner, uh, my business partner, uh, Dr. Gus Vickery, that you can listen to every Friday with me on Authentic Health Fridays, is that a lot of these physicians, they just don't talk a lot about things like VO2 max, about lean body mass, about nutrition. And I asked Gus one time, I was like, how much time did you guys spend in medical school on nutrition, for example? And he said, maybe half a semester. It's just when it comes to actually staying healthy, that's not what doctors are trained. Doctors are not trained to teach us how to stay healthy. They are trained to help us get better whenever we get sick. And so, you know, that's why I say right now what we what we face in America is basically a a medical system that has been completely set up for sick care versus actual health care. And hopefully we can change that paradigm to where we can get more physicians working on things like precision medicine that you know, having the conversation about your VO2 max is just not really that unusual. That's something that gets discussed and talked about with your physician. And so anyway, my mom had never heard of VO2 max. And so I started describing to her what it was and why it was important. And as a matter of fact, she's a, she's a voracious reader and uh, is a, just a good student. So I said, hey, go. You, first of all, I said, you can go read this article that I've written on VO2 max in the Vitruvian letter which I hope you will subscribe to by going to jasonrightnow.com or improvealwaysandalways.com. And also while you're at it, please click like or subscribe if you see this on the YouTube channel. Please, please, please. Uh, I know these are the early stages of me really trying to build the YouTube channel and use this as more of a communication vehicle. And so I know that probably these early videos are going to really suck compared to hopefully uh, down the road, I'll get better at this. 
But until then, please stick with me. Click like or subscribe and leave some comments, ask some questions, and that way we can learn together how to live longer and live healthier. So here is a uh, here's just a down and dirty description of what VO2 max is. Okay, so let's just start there. What is VO2 max? All right, VO2 max or maximal oxygen uptake is a measure of the maximum amount of oxygen a person can use during intense exercise. It reflects how efficiently your body can deliver and use oxygen when you're working out at your highest capacity. Essentially, it gauges your cardiovascular fitness and endurance. So VO2 max is that which shows like whenever you're like really going like hard at it in a HIIT workout, or for example, if you're just a, a normal person out there listening to this, let's say you're in your 70s or 80s and just climbing up a hill, you go on a walk, you go on a hike uh, on vacation or something, if you really start to get, get gassed doing that, you're out of breath, well then you're now tapping into your VO2 max. What's happening if you, if you find that just the least amount of exertion causes you to be really tired, lightheaded, out of breath. That means your VO2 max is really low. And it's not unusual for a lot of folks to have a lower VO2 max because the fact is not a lot of us do the training that is required to really strengthen our VO2 max. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think we've got these mindsets you know, I'm writing an article right now for this week's Vitruvian Letter as a follow-up to my VO2 Max uh, write-up about strength training. And I think a lot of people think that, well, I'm not going to go lift weights and do all that because I don't want to bulk up and there's just no reason to do that, which is a complete false dichotomy. It's just wrong to say that we don't need to build lean body mass. I won't dwell on that because, again, that's coming up later. I'll probably do another episode here on the YouTube channel discussing that to go along with the write-up. But I think it's VO2 max the same way. People think, well, I don't sprint. I don't, I don't, I'm not an athlete any longer. I mean, a lot of you listening to this might be 60, 70, 80 years old. You're like, why in the world would I need to worry about how well I can perform doing a high intensity training session? I don't do high intensity training. I'm 75 freaking years old, Jason. Well, the simple fact is it has to do with a lot of other factors as it relates to longevity. And so I think it's incredibly important that as we get older, if we want to be able to do the things that we find important, and I would absolutely um, encourage each and every one of you to write down, make a list of the things that you want to do in older age, be able to get out of a chair easily, be able to get on the floor, play with my grandkids, my great grandkids, and get up really quickly to be able to go on vacation with my family and still be able to move around, go on those day hikes. I know that one of our favorite things to do whenever uh, our youngest daughter was at the University of Colorado was to go on hikes. I mean, it's Boulder, you know, you got the flat irons there. And one of the best things we could do is go on these day hikes. Well, we were relatively young, my wife and I, whenever we would do this. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. But the idea of not being able to do that whenever our daughters are older and our grandkids are the ones going to possibly the University of Colorado, that just, I, I, I want to be able to do that. And so to ensure that we have the best, uh, the best likelihood to be able to do those cool things, we got to focus on this thing called VO2 max. Now, this is something that Peter Atia wrote in his uh, newsletter, his accompanying newsletter to the Drive podcast. 
If you've watched this channel at all, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that Peter Atia is a virtual mentor of mine. I just think he gets it right more times than not for sure. And so if Peter Atia starts to focus on something for his health and longevity and what he, you know, he's training for the centenarian decathlon, which I am as well. I'm going to challenge Peter. He's a little older than me, but whenever he's a hundred, hopefully he will give me a pass and let me challenge him at the age of 99, or he can be 101. I'll wait till I'm a hundred and we'll go at it. And I want to beat him at whatever at the, in the, the uh, centenarian decathlon. But here's one of the things that he wrote in this article uh, or his newsletter that goes with the drive. Get this. When looking at VO2 max in relation to all cause mortality, we observe a clear trend simply elevating. Now listen to these numbers. These are these are just absolutely dramatic. So listen, if you're if you're if you're kind of just kind of passively listening, this is where you want to tune in because you got to hear this. We observe a clear trend simply elevating your VO2 max from low, meaning the bottom 25th percentile to below average, which means you get above the 25th percentile and you fall between the 25th and the 50th percentile is associated. This is associated with a 50% reduction in all cause mortality. So let's think about that for a minute. If you can just get yourself from out of the bottom 25th percentile, and by the way, that's not that hard to do. If Because if you're in the bottom 25th percentile, that means you're probably pretty sedentary. That means you probably don't do a lot of vigorous exercise. You don't go on high-paced walks. You don't go on rucks. You're not doing really anything. You're just kind of comatose like a lot of people are, right? If you will just start moving on a regular basis, doing some jumping jacks, doing something to kind of get your heart rate up and get out of that bottom 25th percentile, if you can just climb over that, you can reduce your risk of all forms of morbidity by 50%. You can cut it in half. That is bananas. All right. Now, whenever you, um, okay, let me get to this. Okay. When the transitioning from low to above average, which means going from the 50th to the 75th percentile, get this, the risk reduction is closer to 70%. So let's just put this in Jason terms, real simple, easy, East Texas vernacular. You can lower your chances of dying by 70%. If you can just get your VO2 max above average. So that's the thing. We're not talking about trying to get to a point where you're Lance Armstrong style or you're these cross-country skiers, which turn out to have the most unbelievable VO2 maxes that there are. You're not trying to do that. If you can just get above average, you can literally reduce your risk of all forms of morbidity by 70%. That's insane. So literally... By upping your VO2 max, you can ensure you're going to, you're going to have, it's the best hedge for living longer of anything you can do. Whenever I was doing the research for this podcast and the article that I wrote, I couldn't help but think of what it must have been like for the people that were really, really uh, hit hard by COVID. I mean, that was one of the things we kept seeing, right? I mean, there was a certain class of folks that if they got COVID, then they were in deep, deep trouble. And most of them were uh, metabolically challenged, meaning they were, they were overweight. They were the elderly. We knew who they had an autoimmune disease, that there was something. But there's one correlation with all of those people, I guarantee, or a, a very significant number of them, 
is that I bet if we were to test, test their VO2 max when they went in, we would find that it was relatively low. So one of the single best things that we could do to survive something like COVID or some other virus, especially one that attacks our respiratory system, is to focus on VO2 max. And then that gets into the question of, all right, well, I'm not an athlete. I do a little exercise or, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, most likely you do some form of exercise just because that's kind of the genre that this falls into, right? Self-improvement. I'm ta- I'm constantly harping about, uh, about exercise and health and wellness. So most likely you do do some form of exercise. So then it comes down to what do I do? Well, the first thing I want to talk about, there's two primary types of training that I want to talk about. But before I even get into those, I want to say this. Don't overthink this. Don't think that you have to all of a sudden go into some sort of massive training that you're training like a professional athlete or something. It's just, you're, it, it, just don't do that. Don't. The first thing I would tell you is go get it measured, first of all. St- start trying to figure out how you actually measure VO2 max. And there is, uh, and, and here's one of the ways, uh, I'll put this in the show notes, but there's the Cooper method. That's probably the best way to do it without going and and and, and actually having it done on a on a stationary bike or a treadmill. Like, So if you really want to go get your VO2 max tested, and I encourage everyone to do this, uh, you have to go to somewhere like the Cooper Clinic or some other precision healthcare center that actually had the ability to measure your VO2 max. And what that's going to look like is they're going to strap an what looks like an oxygen mask on your face that's really tight. It's not very comfortable, has a big tube, and you're going to get on a treadmill or a stationary bike, most likely, for eight minutes. And you're going to go all out for that eight minutes, and they're going to measure your, your body's ability to absorb and use that oxygen, and then you're going to get a VO2 max score. If you don't want to pay to do that, then what you need to do is the Cooper method. That's probably the best one to just kind of do it yourself, which essentially just kind of the long and short of it is you go out on a flat surface, like a track or something like that. So there's there's no variation in the terrain and you run for 12 minutes and you determine how far you can go in 12 minutes. And then there's a formula that you calculate based on that distance that you go for 12 minutes. And that's going to give you a pretty good estimation of your VO2 max. And again, uh, before I publish this, episode, I will actually put it out there, the formula. So you can look at that and just go out there and and do it. I mean, it's literally go see how far you can run for 12 minutes and then come home and do the math. That's it. And so, and so, so, so that will give you a good indicator. Another way is through your whoop strap. I'm pretty, I'm sure whoop does this. I don't have a whoop strap. I've never had one, but I bet they have some sort of a VO2 max gauge on, on there, as well as your Apple watch. Your Apple watch makes an estimation uh, based on your biometrics of your VO2 max, but it's just going to be that. It's going to be an estimation. It's not going to be highly accurate, but it'll give you at least some sort of idea. At the very least, here's what you can do whenever you use a wearable, the Cooper method, or something like that that's not going in and, and going to a facility and having your VO2 max done each and every time. Um, you can at least start to see where you are, get your benchmark. And then start trying to improve it, which I think is incredibly important. I used for the longest my Apple Watch. I didn't go get mine done, but I was doing power zone training courses or classes on my Peloton. And so, and what you do every so often, about every six weeks, you do what's called a, an FTP test, which is a functional threshold power 
test. Okay. So this shows like, and, and then you have zones, which it's how many watts you exert based on a, uh, and, and that uh, at a certain period of time, and that will help you. I'm, I'm describing that completely wrong. So forgive me, but essentially what it does is you have your zones one, two, three, four, five, up to, I guess, zone six. And this show, and what'll happen is the healthier you are healthy, the better you perform, the lower the zone for the higher wattage. So basically my wattage goes up to like right now, mine, if my zone three is over 300 watts per millisecond, I think that's, that's how, how that's determined. And so basically my zone five is somewhere in the 340 to 350 range. And so what I would do is I would measure my VO2 max and I would see that as I, my zones would move up. So what once was a zone three now became a zone two that would correlate to a higher VO2 max. And, and sure enough, it would go from like my Apple watch would report like between a 50 and then it went up to like a 53, I think was my highest, which is a really high VO2 max. And I'll be honest with you, I doubt my VO2 max was that high. Uh, that's just what the Apple watch had it at. Um, I, I just can't imagine it was actually that high. It's probably closer to the 49 to 50 range uh, because 53 would be really, really amazing. But it did get really high. So if you can figure out a way to get your benchmark and then just start testing for improvement in that number using the same method each and every time, that's what I recommend that you do. So how do you train for VO2 max? All right. Now, this is going to be to the person that is actually you're exercising. And you hear this and you believe me that this is something that's really important to start taking a look at. And you're already, let's say you're, you're doing some resistance training. You, do, you walk in a treadmill or a Stairmaster or a Peloton. You do something anyway. And you're just doing it without any real targets. You just want to move and, and stay healthy. And that's awesome, by the way. That's absolutely awesome. You don't have to just, if you're someone that just says, you know, Jason, screw it. I'm not going to get into the whole technical aspects of training for specific areas. I just want to go exercise, move and clear my head. Awesome. That's fine. But if you want to get a little more specific and you want to do, be a little more targeted uh, with regard to your strength training, your cardiovascular training, things like VO2 max, then this is for you. So here is how that person that's already doing some exercise would start to train for VO2 max. First, let's talk about the Norwegian four by four method. This is probably, it keeps coming up over and over. I first heard about it from, I guess it was Peter Atia that I first heard about it that I didn't know that it was the Nor Norwegian four by four. I had no idea. I just knew it's what he was doing. And here's what that entails. If you are going, it's very efficient. First of all, it's, it's, I would consider this is definitely a, a high intensity interval training type of work. Okay. That's what you're doing here. And what you're going to do is you're going to, best case scenario, there, there, there are some caveats to this and some adjustments you can make, but here's what you want to work to, all right? You want to get to a point where you do a one-for-one -one ratio, so you go hard in somewhere between a zone four and a zone five. If you don't have, like I have the Peloton that measures an FTP, where because I can actually see what's my zone four and zone five based on my FTP test, um, if you don't have that, Zone five is going to be pretty much your all out. I mean, you're going, you, you just, you can only hold that, that whatever that, that cadence with plus the resistance on say a, on a stationary bike, you can only hold it for maybe three to four minutes, 
you know, maybe five. I mean, you just really go. It's like that between that 90 to 100. It's somewhere between 90 and 100%. So you're really trying to find that maximum output, okay? So you go hard for four minutes straight. No stop. Stay in that zone five for four minutes. Then once it's over, jump down to like zone one. I mean, just kind of just still moving, but really allowing your body to clear lactate, to get your heart rate, to kind of settle and calm down, catch your breath, and just go easy for four minutes. Then at the end of that four minutes, boom, hit the zone five again, stay there for four minutes. And then after that four minutes is over, back down to the zone one. Okay. You do this back and forth four times. So it's a pretty efficient workout. As you can see, it's not going to take that long, but it is hard. In fact, it's pretty dang brutal. I can't, I mean, I, I never look forward to it. I'm always so glad it's over. Um, and it's hard. So what I would tell you, if I had never done anything like that, listen to me right now. Do not, I don't care how overzealous you are, contain yourself, put your ego in check. Do not, if you've never done an exercise like that, done, never done a workout like that, do not go try to do that. Don't try to do a Norwegian four by four the way I just described it. The first time you go out, it's going to be so demoralizing that my fear is you would never want to try it again. And that's not what we want. So implement some BJ Fogg baby steps here, right? I would suggest if you want, do as little as going one for one. Go as hard as you can. And you'll find that. You'll find that sweet spot of what your zone five is. And once you've found that, and look, here's the way you determine that. Again, this isn't rocket science. Don't overthink it. If when you finish a minute of all out and you feel like, oh, I could have done more, I could have kept going, okay, then up it the next time. Add a little resistance if you're on a, on an, uh, if you're on a stationary bike, add a little incline if you're on a, uh, a, a treadmill. But anyway, just add a little juice to the, uh, add a little fuel to the fire, all right? And then figure out where you're like, and if you, and if, by the way, by the same token, if you try and you're just like, I, at 45 seconds, you're just done, you're toast, back off a little bit. You've overdone it until you figure out where your zone five is, all right? Go on a minute, off a minute, on a minute, off a minute, and then start trying to work your way up to two, two, three, three, four, four, and then get to the point, even up to five, five, okay? But I just encourage you, if you're going to do this, don't try to start all at once. It, it just, it's just too demoralizing. So that's what I would say is one of the single best. Now, so the question is, all right, Jason, that sounds terrible. How many times a week do I have to do that? One. I would do that one time per week. That's what I do. I do it once per week. All right. On the other days for zone, or excuse me, for VO2 max training, what I will do, and, and again, not because I'm the expert, but because I listen to unbelievably brilliant experts and do what they say. I trust Ben Greenfield, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Peter Atia. I trust these guys to, to know what they're talking about. They've done the research and I do it. And that's what I do. So that's where this is coming from. Okay. So this isn't from Jason Wright. This is just Jason Wright listening to really smart people, implementing it into my life and seeing the results. It's worked. Okay. So the next thing I would do is zone two training. So what is zone two? Here's the easiest way to figure out if you are in zone two. This is that steady, long state workout, right? This is where you're going to go for a long period of time 
and how you determine if you're in zone two, unless if you're not doing a lactate test and all these different things to like really hone in to figure out exactly where you are as far as your heart rate and the watts produced to get in your lactate production to get right into a zone two to to be there for a long steady period of time. Here's the easiest way to do it. It's whenever you're going hard enough that you could carry on a conversation, but you really don't want to. So imagine that right now I were doing zone two and I were trying to do the podcast. I would talk like this. I would be able to carry on the conversation. I could do the podcast, but I'm going to be a little breathy and it's going to be a little winded. That's what a zone two is going to feel like. All right. So again, if you don't want to get all the gadgets and measurements and all that, and you just want to kind of spitball or not spitball, but ballpark it, then that's what you do. You get, you work to a high enough level to where you can carry on a conversation, but it's a little bit of a struggle. If you will do that four hours per week, plus the Norwegian four by four, you will be on your way to drastically improving your VO2 max. Now, the problem I hear, and I understand, I, I fall into this a lot too, is four hours sounds like a lot. And it is, that's a big commitment for a lot of people. You know, I work out twice a day because I have the ability to do that. My gym is here at the house. I'm up early. I work from home a lot. I can do that. So I understand that's not the case for everyone. And so therefore, I'll get to what you can do if you don't want to do the four hours. But just if you really want a suite that has been just confirmed by so many experts as a great mix of building up VO2 max, then if you can put in four hours a week of zone two training plus that high intensity training in the form of the four by four, the Norwegian four by four, you are going to make huge strides toward getting your VO2 max in a better place. Now, let's say you don't want to do that. Let's say you only go to the gym three days a week and you're like, all right, Jason, so what do I do? I'm just not going to do that. How can I start to improve my VO2 max? If I were to give you any any suggestion, it would be this. I'd be like, all right, first of all, I want to know how much time you had to work out. And if you said, I'm going to go in there on my cardio days for this VO2 max thing you're talking about, I'll give you 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, cool. I would do, if this is the, the absolute minimum you'll give me, I would do a 15 to 20 minute Tabata class. All right, Tabata, as most of you have heard, you know that that's 20 seconds of all out. I mean, balls to the wall, all out work followed by 10 seconds of rest. Got a funny story for you. So I mentioned earlier that my, my stepmom has to go to, to rehab for after her stroke. And they, they go to, I guess, a physical therapy center at the hospital where there's also uh, some, uh, there's a gym. And so my dad goes with her and he walks on the treadmill while she's doing her physical therapy. Well, one day my dad's telling me about this girl that's beside him on the, tread, on the treadmill adjacent to him. And she's like jogging. And then all of a sudden he's like, and then she started just going as hard as she could, running as fast as she could, you know, trying to make me look bad is what she was trying to do. I know that's what she's trying to I mean, My dad was convinced that this girl, she shows up to rehab centers and crushes the souls of 72-year-old men who can't keep up with her. That's what he was convinced of. The doctor even said, or the physical therapist said, no, I bet she's doing a hit training. He said, no, she knew what she was doing. So I don't think that she was. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she wasn't doing. I think she was doing a hit session, which is probably a Tabata session where she's going all out for 20 seconds and then she's backing off. 
This is an incredibly efficient way to help you start to build your VO2 max because the bottom line is building VO2 max is going to require an elevated heart rate, but really it's like a good punch, a good punch, not and the thing is, you just don't want to do this for, uh, you know, you can't keep your heart rate that high for too long a time. Then you start to kind of uh, suffer from diminishing returns. But if you were to tell me, Jason, I'm going to give you 15 minutes of, of just focused work per week of VO2 max training, that's what I would do. I do a 15 to 20 minute Tabata workout. And I would tell you, say, so, well, how would you judge the quality of that Tabata workout? I would say during those 20 seconds and by probably round number seven or eight, you're thinking, I don't know how in the world I'm going to make it again. If I'm going to really do this, I'm going to go all out. I just don't think I could make it for 15 minutes of this. I'm going to have to cut it short. Um, that's what I'd want, which means that during those on with the 20 seconds on, you got to go hard to the hoop. I mean, make it hurt. And then also, here's another thing. It's okay. And this is what I've started doing on my rower whenever I do these hit workouts on my rower is whenever it's the 10 seconds of downtime, if you want to just stop, just completely stop. You don't have to keep moving. Just stop for the 10 seconds and then go all out. This will, this will yield great results. As a matter of fact, um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she talks, I mean, she's a real big hit workout person. She's done the research. She believes in the research. I mean, she's brilliant. And I remember listening to her talk to Peter Tia about the zone two training. And, um, and she kind of, she didn't challenge Peter, but she was like, you know, I'd like to do hit workouts. And, and she does it for efficiency as well as she's just done the research and sees the, the, the impact on it. And there's no disputing. Uh, there's none of the uh, research that really disputes the fact that doing hit cardio will in fact have a profound impact on VO2 max. So I'm going to include in the show notes, the article that I wrote for the Vitruvian letter on VO2 max to accompany this. I'll also link to the Cooper test, but the main thing I wanted to do today is just bring you something that is a utmost importance. I mean, if you want to, if you want to cut your chances of dying for any reason, and then also, I wish I had these statistics. Maybe I'll look these up before and put them in the show notes as well. Rhonda Patrick, going back to her, she was talking about how literally when you move into these percentages, the number of days you can potentially add to your life. So in, in years, I mean, there was one, I think whenever you get into that above average range, then you're actually adding somewhere between five and seven years to your life. If, you know, that's assuming you don't die from uh, a wild monkey attacking you, a wild boar, uh, an anvil falling on your head, like in the, in the Roadrunner and, and Wild E. Coyote. As long as stuff like that happens, then you can literally kind of dial in and measure to the ability to increase your lifespan by like up to five to seven years. That's huge. I mean, you can do a lot of stuff in five to seven years. So this stuff is worthwhile. So I want this to be the message that I'll leave you with. Start measuring your VO2 max. Understand what it is, figure out where you are, and then just start taking some steps right now to try to improve it. It is that critical. It's so absolutely important to your overall health and well being. So make sure you do not neglect it. 
And then since I'm writing an article right now about strength and lean body mass and lean body mass and how important it is to longevity, I'll probably bring that in back onto the podcast. I'll probably discuss that as well to give you some tips and some some tools and just some understanding of why that is so important. So until we meet again, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to click like or subscribe. Go out to iTunes if you hear this on the on the um, on the podcast. Please go out to iTunes and leave me a five star rating. I'd be so grateful. Ask some questions in the comments. Keep coming back. I'm going to try to get better and better at this. the The whole mission for this is for you and for me to continue to improve, always in always. I'm Jason, and I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out.